Welcome into another solo edition of MCM Radio. I am Jimmy Morris. Terry and I have had a little bit of trouble uh, getting together to do shows lately. Got a lot going on, so I figured I would just take a minute this morning, uh, actually sitting in my car, getting ready to go to work, um, and talk about what was one of the most exciting games I can remember uh, ever watching of the Titans yesterday, where they beat the Chiefs 35-32. to um, An improbable win on so many levels. I mean, when you just think about the fact that they gave the ball back to the Chiefs, um, you know, late in that game after, you know, the incompletion on 4th and 17. And you, you think at that point the game's pretty much over because if the Chiefs kick a field goal, it just – it really – it really would have made things. I mean, because then you're at 35-27, so you've got to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion to even tie the game. Um, you know, and then just the <laughs> the way things went from there where – the Chiefs botched the snap, or I don't know exactly what happened. It seemed like that the the center must have snapped the ball before, or the long snapper must have snapped the ball before Colquitt was ready for it, um, and he picks it up, and he panics, and he throws it away, and they get the intentional grounding. So that sets the Titans up for um, what ends up being just an unbelievable last last minute plus of that game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, listen, um, we knew – that when they signed or when they traded for him in the offseason that he was probably going to be a factor this year, uh, if nothing else, just because of Marcus Mariota's injury history. I hate seeing all this stuff about Tannehill's done this and that, Mariota only did this and that. Like, who cares? Um, you know, Marcus is, is on the bench now. Tannehill's playing. Tannehill's doing a, a really good job for this team. So um, I just wish we would just – let's just enjoy Ryan Tannehill and not worry about comparing him to Marcus Mariota. The comparison is done. Mariota's on the bench, so I, I think we can probably move on from that. Anyway, that, that's beside the point. Tannehill, I mean, listen, <laughs> um, I, I tweeted out during that, during that last you know, series of, of plays there I mean, I, that I love Ryan Tannehill because, I mean, he put the team on his back. And, you know, a couple of – I mean, one really big run on that final drive and then obviously a couple of really big throws. Um, Adam Humphreys running a, just a fantastic route. Uh, to catch a touchdown pass to get in the end zone, and then Tannehill on the um, on the two point play, just you know, willing himself into the end zone, running over running over the guy to get in, and I mean that was just man, it was awesome. Um, I was I don't I don't know how much anybody knows about me, but I've got four boys, um, and so I'm usually you know I'm usually watching the game with somebody or. If I'm watching the game and nobody else is in the room, it's usually because my wife is taking the you know some of the boys somewhere, and I've got one or two that are there taking a nap, you know, Sunday afternoons. Well, it, it, long story, but my my wife's uh, grandfather's birthday is actually today, Monday, and they were having a birthday party for him yesterday. So she took the boys over there while I was finishing watching the game, and when when Humphrey scored, I mean, I just I went crazy, and then I was like, oh crap. I'm going to wake somebody up, and then I just realized there was nobody there, and so then it was just fun. The two point, the two point play, the ensuing possession on defense, the Joshua Kalu block. I mean, just the whole thing. It was it was so much fun. Like I said, that's, that's one of the most one of the most fun games I can remember over the last few years, especially. But um, you know, and then and then you're starting to get a little bit panicked. At least I was on you know on, on the ensuing defensive possession. You go over the squib kick, uh, which I mean I get it. I get why you do that there because we'd already seen what Miko Hardman can do with the ball in his hands. My gosh, that dude is fast. Um, so, I mean, I understand not wanting to kick it deep to him because <laughs> you're worried about being able to catch him 
if he gets free, which I mean you wouldn't be able to. We, we've already we'd already seen that earlier in the game, but I, you know that sets them up for sets the Chiefs up for a really short field, and you know they didn't have to do much to get in field goal range, and so they get 19 yards. I think it was on the first play of that drive. Dean Pease only rushed two there, and I love you, Dean Pease, but I, I'm not sure that was your best choice uh, in that scenario. Again, I get not wanting to let guys get behind you and all that kind of stuff, but you can't give Mahomes that much time with that group of receivers. He's, he's going to get a big chunk, which he did. Um, but the Titans, you know, they, they rallied from there and didn't let him get much more. Um, and then, you know, the, that you know when you, when you watch the, the blocked field goal in real time, I, I thought Kalu was offside. I mean, just like, you know, I, I know they didn't throw a flag, but when you watch how, quick he, how quickly he got there, it really did look like he was early, but you go back and watch the replay, and, and he wasn't. Um, the ball moved before the rest of the offensive line moved, or b- before the rest of the Chiefs' line moved, and that's what really throws off your perspective. But, I mean, I saw, um, you know, uh, Bill Barnwell did the whole, like, simulation thing, uh, and then I've seen a couple different videos, Clay Travis and some other pe- people posting some videos, um, that, you know, he, he wasn't offsides. He moved when the ball moved, and, and I heard Rhett, Rhett Bryan talking to, uh, talking to Kalu after the game on Titans Radio, and Kalu said, you know, listen, they've been using the same cadence all day. And so when I heard it, I went. Um, so great job by him uh, to get back there to block that kick. Uh, you know, I mean, who knows what would have happened if that game goes to overtime. But what we do know is, you know, it's a coin flip. And if the Chiefs win the win the toss, get the ball, they score a touchdown, Titans never get to touch the ball. So, um, you, you know, you, you just that's just not a chance you want to take. I mean, I have really at, at that point a lot of confidence in the Titans' offense to be able to go score if they get the ball, but you just don't know if you're going to get it in that scenario. So, um, you know, obviously block the kick, don't have to worry about it. So, listen, you know, this team, is this is what they do, right? Um, you know, they, they lose to the Panthers, really ugly. Um, you know, made it, made it look close late, but it really wasn't as close as the score indicated. And then, so you're like, okay, well, now, you know, now they're four and five. They play the Chiefs. They're going to go to four and six. You've got this tough schedule coming up after the bye. And so you're, you're about ready to be out on them. And then they do what they did yesterday, um, what they did against the Patriots last year. They come out and beat, you know, one of the best teams in the league. I mean, I don't think, I don't think anybody would argue the Chiefs are at least top two in the AFC, maybe, you know, possibly the best team in the AFC. And, and they come out and beat them and come out and, and play in a game. And they went, the Titans were down 10 nothing early and, you know, battled back, fought back. And listen, I have been so hard on Arthur Smith because, quite frankly, he's been so terrible. Um, it, so it's been easy to be hard on him. But yesterday, I mean, listen, they, they finally came out and they looked at what the opposing team didn't do well and they attacked that. We knew coming into the game, and I had a post on MUC Miracles last week, that the Chiefs were pretty good against the pass, at least, you know, DVOA-wise, if you want to believe in that stuff, statistically. And look at when you look at fantasy points allowed, and again, I know those things are not, like, even necessarily real indicators of what happens. But, I mean, obviously, if a team is putting up fantasy points, they're putting up real points, and so that's, that's a way to, to, you know, attack them. Um, they have been good against quarterbacks, pretty good against receivers, but terrible against running backs. And, you know, I think 30th DVOA against the run. And listen, when you go into a game like that, a game where you know the other team has a high-powered offense, the best way for the Titans to win that game, and, and I mean, I got asked, um, I think it was in the five questions with the Arrowhead Pride guys, 
um, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you think the Titans are going to try to defend this team? And I said, you know, prayer and Derrick Henry, right? Um, that was, that was kind of the, the, the thought that I had about that. And you know, what's funny is, I mean, Derrick Henry always had a great, obviously had a great game and, uh, you know, he had 188 yards, whatever it was, was just out there, you know, crushing people. But the Titans didn't win time of possession. The Chiefs actually had the ball a lot longer than the Titans did in this game. But you saw the effects that Derrick Henry has in a game like that. And, and look, you know, there, there's been so much talk about this offense, about what it needs to be, about where it needs to go. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's so much talk about Derrick Henry. Is he good or not? You know, he needs this and that to be effective. He needs this many carries. He needs to get up to speed and all these things. But, you know, for the better part of two years now, Derrick Henry has been unquestionably the best player on the offense and, you know, in some in some points, the only bright spot on the offense. So, uh, you know, I know Derrick Henry's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, you know, you, you don't pay running backs. I mean, I get all that. But if I'm John Robinson, I, I, I've, I'm trying to get with Derrick Henry to figure out something that works for this team to keep him here because he is the heart and soul of this offense right now, and he's one of the few guys that I think fans universally love, right? At this point, it's hard to find find guys that the fan base is not at least somewhat split on, and maybe they are a little bit on Derrick Henry, but you just, you watch him play, and you you can't help but love him, and and you know the effort that he gives, all that kind of stuff. Like, there's no questioning that kind of stuff. And there's something to be said for that. And he's effective. You know, yes, he needs, you know, X number of carries. And he needs this and that. He needs space. And, and sometimes he doesn't catch the ball as well as he should. I, I get all those things. But he's also, you know, one of the best guys at punishing the, the opposing defense. And, you know, you see late in that game, uh, the, the, especially the defensive backs, they want no part of tackling him. And you get that. He's huge, and you've been trying to tackle him all day. Um, but, you know, it, it, I, they don't win that game yesterday without Derrick Henry. Um, it, it was good to see them. Like I said, it was good to see them finally come in and say, you got a team that's bad against a run. We're going to establish the run. I don't, I'm not necessarily big on hashtag establish the run, but it made sense in this game, and that's exactly what they did. So that was awesome to see. Uh, a few more things that I'll comment on after the break including Taylor Lewan and his, you know, post-game self-evaluation. All right, so um, we'll go negative for a minute. Uh, I know that's kind of been my MO lately, but, you know, with this team, <laughs> there, there's been times where it's hard to find much positive, a lot of positive from yesterday, so I don't want to spend too much time on the negative. But I will say, like, the, the Taylor Lewan penalty thing has got to get fixed. It's got to get fixed. Um, it's inexcusable. And you've got a guy who you're paying a, a crap ton of money, a guy that was, you know, at one point the highest paid offensive tackle in the history of the game, highest paid offensive tackle in the league. He's not that anymore. A couple contracts that have been done since then. But listen, since he came back from the PED suspension, he's been bad. Like, not even, like, not good. He's been straight up bad. And then yesterday you have the personal foul penalty. You have the holding penalty, and you have the false start. And the personal foul on the hold that happened right back to back. You know, so you want to talk about killing drives, killing momentum. Um, no better way to do it than have, you know, 25 yards of penalties in two plays. And listen, I, I whatever, man. He said after the game, oh, I'm killing the team. I know that. Yada, yada, yada. Yes, you are. Stop. 
like you've said for like three weeks now, oh, I got to do better. And just start doing better. Like I'm tired of like, some people want to give him credit for like, well, at least he knows he's better. Well, you know, how hard is that? And and another thing, Roger Saffold after the game on Twitter is, you know, oh, everybody's so hard on me. It makes it hard to go out there and play. Shut up, man. Like just go play. You get paid a bunch of money. You were good with the Rams for whatever reason. You haven't been that good here. And then he's like, oh, you don't understand the pressure it puts on me to play well when all the fans are negative. Dude, if if the fans are putting pressure on you to play well, if that's what you're feeling, if it's not your motivation to go out there and want to play well, want to be perfect, then you that that you got a problem anyway. It has nothing to do with the fans. So that, that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Um, here's what I did like to see, and that'll be the end of my, my, neg- my negativity for today. I did like to see, and a couple people posted this on Twitter, if you go back and watch uh, after the, I think it was a personal foul penalty that Taylor LeJuan committed, A.J. Brown, rookie, wide receiver, A.J. Brown, is not in Taylor LeJuan's face, but you can tell he's over talking to him, being like, come on, dude, we can't do that. You know, and there's been so much talk about leadership with this team. And, you know, they had the big thing, I guess it was a couple weeks, or last week, that blew up where Eddie George said that, People in the locker room don't respect Taylor Lewan as a leader. People around the league don't respect Taylor Lewan as a leader. That got big headlines. That did a bunch of hits on the site. I mean, that was something that was that was you know on the minds of people. And obviously, I mean, when a guy's doing the things that he does on the field, not to mention the off the field, you know, PED stuff, you get why that guy is not respected or viewed as a leader. Um, but AJ Brown, man, I like to see it. He's a rookie. He's a rookie wide receiver who has been really good. But, I mean, when you look at numbers, um, you know, hasn't put up just these ridiculous numbers. But um, a rookie wide receiver who's out there and is in the face of a veteran saying, come on, dude, we can't do that. Let's go. Let's get, let's, let's get better. Let's get to the next play. So I like that. I like to see that from a guy like that. There was a lot of talk this, this past week about, or later in the week at least, about Derrick Henry and his leadership. And Mike Vrabel was talking about the, the work that he puts in and all that kind of stuff. And so – You've got a guy in Derrick Henry that puts in the work that's also productive that wants to take on that leadership role. So, again, that's another you know a feather in the cap for re-signing Henry, in my opinion. Now, where do we go from here with this team? All right, so the Titans are 5-5 five and five now as they head into the bye week. You've got Jacksonville and Indianapolis, and you've still got two games with the Texans uh, left in this season. The Colts lost to the Dolphins yesterday. Uh, the, the Texans and the Jaguars were both off. And, uh, you know, I need to – actually, I think Graver, uh, who runs the MCM Twitter account, already posted the screenshot of the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars are now in last place in the AFC South since our, quote, friends over at Big Cat Country have been posting that picture every week with the Titans being in last Um but now the Jaguars are in last, so you can go ahead and eat that. And, and I'll, I'll say this: I don't think the I, I, I don't think the Titans will be back in last place in the AFC South this year. Um, you know, I, I just I think that you're going to see them from here grow. Now, that's a dangerous it's a dangerous thought, right? It's a dangerous thing to start to buy into this team because we've all seen the cycle. Um, you've seen the picture on Twitter where it's like. You know, you got confidence, and then you start. It starts to wane, and then it gets terrible, and you're out, and then you get confidence. I mean, it, it's this same cycle. You're in and you're out with this team. They they've got to break it eventually. And listen, I, I've obviously been very critical of Mike Vrabel as well this year. Um, 
but I mean, you know, the good to great thing has now become a little bit of a, you know, we've, we've mocked him for at this point. Um, but I mean, to his credit, he knew coming into the season that that's, that's what they needed to do. That's what they lacked was the consistent play that, that takes you from being a good team. The Titans are a good team, but you got to be a great team if you want to be seriously considered for the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, like I said, five and five at the bye. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of what ifs. If, if Tannehill would have started all year, uh, you, you have to wonder how many of those games they lost, they would have won. Um, there, there's a lot of that stuff, but at the end of the day, none of that stuff matters. The Titans are where they are. And I, listen, they're still in a, they're still in a place where if they can rattle off a few wins, um, you've got to beat the Jaguars and the Colts. You know, you've already lost to both of them. You, you've got to win those two games in the second half of the season to have a chance in this division, to have a chance in the wild card. And the wild card is so – so many things can happen between now and the end of the season that I don't even – it's hard to speculate on that because there are teams that are there, – there's there's a team, whoever it is, is in the playoff picture right now that you know we'll look back on in five weeks, six weeks, and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we ever thought – they were going to make the playoffs, and there's somebody that'll that'll make a run to get in the mix. So, um, you know that, that that's it's kind of hard to look at that kind of stuff. But from a division perspective, you're a game back on the Texans. Or I guess two games back on the Texans. Texans are six and three, um, and so you've got you've got some work to do there. But you still got two games left against the Texans, and you know the Texans that they they got a lot of good things going for them. Uh, Deshaun Watson is awesome. Um, you know, they've they got the receivers and the run game's been better than we thought, but that offensive line is not good. The defense is not good. JJ Watts hurt again. So I mean, they are by no means a a team that the Titans can't catch. Um the Titans are gonna play well, don't get me wrong. And and you know, if you ask me my level of confidence that they that they will be able to actually make a run in this division, it's not very high. But it's not impossible either. And so Listen, we're, we're, we're in mid-November. By the time the Titans play again, it'll be late November. And it, the season is not over. So there's something to be said for that. Um, you, you know, we wish, sure, do we wish they were 7-3, and three, which they feel like they absolutely could be? Yeah. But, you know, they could have lost. I mean, we're talking about that Chargers game. You got the unbelievable goal line stand. That definitely could have gone the other way. If the referees don't blow the whistle in the Bucks game, that could have gone the other way. Yesterday, absolutely, without the botched – I mean, so all that stuff. So, I mean, the Titans could very easily be sitting here at, you know, three and seven. So, that, but that's the NFL, and that's the thing. Is as long as you, you know, as long as you win two or three more of those than you lose, then you're going to be in the mix. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, at least there's something to talk about, something to look forward to in the second half of the year. Um, so, you know, like I said, that, that win yesterday – was big for for fan morale. It was big, I'm sure, in that locker room as well. And now you've got a week off to get healthy. Um, and that was the thing. If you listen to the post game yesterday, everybody said from Mike Keith, Dave McGinnis, players in the locker room, Mike Vrabel. I mean, everybody said we got to take this bye week to get healthy because you know yesterday you're out there without Jarrell Casey, without Jayon Brown, without Corey Davis, without Delaney Walker. Um, and so, you know, those are four guys coming into the year that you were really counting on for this team. And, you know, they just they, they weren't able to go yesterday because they were hurt. Hopefully now two weeks off gets them hopefully all back. And then, you know, you could be relatively healthy for the second half of the season. So it, it, the bye week comes at a pretty good time uh, for this team now with, with injuries that they have. And, and now if you can, like I said, you can rest those guys, get them healthy, and then maybe they can all be good to go for this stretch run that they're going to need. So 
I don't know. Like I said, at least there's at least there's a little bit of a little bit of hope, a little bit of optimism around this team, and, and we'll see where it goes from here. Um, you know, my thought is that they'll continue just the same kind of cycle as the season goes down. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe this will be the maybe this will be the point where they launch off from. Because again, you know, I, I don't think that. I mean, the schedule, the remaining schedule is not easy, but I also don't think there's a bunch of games on it that they can't win. Um, they're going to have to play well. They're going to have to play up to their potential. But if they do, um, who knows what will happen. So, anyway, that, that's kind of my thoughts on where we are right now with this team. And, and from yesterday, there's a lot more that we can talk about. Hopefully, Terry and I will be able to get together in the next couple of days to record a podcast about this and just kind of, you know, assessing where everything is as we head into the bye. So, between now and then, MusicMiracles.com. Check us out there. I'm sure you know about that if you're listening to this show. But we'll have a lot of good stuff on the site. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, like, like I said, just kind of assessing the team, where it is, and normal film breakdowns and all that kind of stuff. So check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. The, uh, the, uh, the Twitter account for the site, at titansmcm. Um, and Terry, who's usually with me, at tlamberttn. So anyway, hope you have a good Monday, uh, victory Monday for the Titans. So um, I hope everybody has a good day. And um, until the next time, we will talk to you later.